Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Acupuncture has been around for millennia, but did you know that it's been used on animal patients just as long as it has on humans? We're speaking today with Tara Harrison, Associate Professor of Clinical Sciences at NC State's College of Veterinary Medicine about acupuncture in animals. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. So let's start with the obvious question. How did acupuncture treatment come about in animals? So acupuncture treatment basically started back in ancient times on horses. So those were probably the first animals that were acupunctured by the Chinese. And from that, they basically took points that were similar in people and transposed or kind of guesstimated them into horses. After that, it sort of moved into probably the next most exotic animal is elephants, uh, since they have also been with humans, worked with uh, humans for a long time. Uh, So those are probably two of the animals that it actually kind of started in. Uh, In more modern times, acupuncture kind of picked up first in, again, horses uh, to help with sports and the athletics that the horses are involved in. And it's really had a surge in domestic dogs and domestic cats. Well, that that brings me to a lot of other questions, in fact. So the, the primary ones being, it's amazing to me that they figured out like the nerve maps or the what, what is the technical term for the map that they use so that they know where to place the needles? Yeah, so it's an acupuncture meridian, and the points are where the needles are placed, and those tend to be bundles of nerves. And what is done in horses a lot of the time is you actually scan the animal. So you sort of rub something along the animal and see where they're sensitive So it was one of those things where they found, hey, they're sensitive in these areas. I'm going to treat those areas. So it's basically a way of treating the problem without knowing the actual problem. So you can say, hey, they're painful here. This is where they hurt. This is where they're sensitive. I'm going to treat this. And in turn, by treating that, you actually end up treating the actual problem. So I think a lot of it initially was hey, we figured this out in people. This is what makes people feel better. And they name these meridians after organs. So like heart, lung, liver. Uh, There are some that aren't named after organs, but for the most part they are. So it's like, I want to treat the heart. These are things that improve the heart. And then they're like, hey, in people, this is where it works. It must work the same in animals. Hey, they're sensitive here. It must be the heart or it must be um, the mind. And in traditional Chinese medicine, points associated with the heart are also associated with the mind because it's sort of like the essence. And you mentioned um, painfulness or, you know, looking where someone is, someone, a horse, not a person, but where a horse might be, you know, sensitive. So pain management, is that the main usage So for using acupuncture, pain management, pain treatment, pain um, relief is probably one of the main things that I use acupuncture for. But there's 
many, many, many other uses for it. Um, that's probably the one, though, that is the top use. And it's also the one where people, animals, you've tried all the medicine and nothing's working. So this is something else to try uh, to help to relieve that pain or to find a treatment for it. Other things that it's used for a lot, uh, probably more in horses, dogs, but especially in people is uh, for reproduction. So it's been used as something to help become pregnant for certain people, animals, um, and then also uh, GI issues. So it's been well documented to help with nausea or vomiting, especially for people receiving chemotherapy. Uh, but it's also been used for nausea or gastrointestinal issues in animals as well. So in your, in your practice, um, what are some of the types of animals that you've performed acupuncture on? Yeah, so I do acupuncture predominantly on zoo and exotic animals. I learned acupuncture on a dog, and then I extrapolate those points to various types of animals. But I've done actually literally lions, tigers, and bears. Um, but I also have done elephants, uh, anteaters. I do a lot of rabbits, uh, guinea pigs, chickens, peafowls, snakes, lizards. I I've done quite a few things. Acupuncture on a snake sounds really fascinating. Um, <laughs> so what are the, you know, you, you've dealt with all of these different animals. Is this a recent, I know that it's been, acupuncture has been around for a very long time and is very sort of commonplace in Chinese medicine. In the U.S., is this a new development? Is this recent? I think in the United States, it's been something that's probably like since the 80s been picking up. And now I feel it's very common. Uh, it's not unusual for dogs and cats to receive acupuncture. And I have always been interested in it. And working in zoos prior to coming here, I would have patients that I couldn't help them anymore with medication. So it's like, what else can I do for this animal? They're in pain or, um, you know, maybe it's colic, you know, having gastrointestinal issues. What more can I do? So I started looking more into acupuncture and had some successful outcomes with that. And even with people that are like, oh, it's never going to work. And it did. So I'm not saying it's the cure-all for everything. Nothing ever is 100%. But it's certainly something else to include. And I feel right now probably the biggest push is with the opiate epidemic. Um, we're trying to minimize our use of opiates. And they're also hard to get. So one of our main go-to medications for treating pain is an opiate. And now that we don't have that, or it's really hard to get, or we have to have a really good reason to use it, perhaps using something else that's not drug-based is something that we can do to help benefit these animals. That's a good point. Um, and when you're talking about, you know, nothing is 100% effective, obviously, is there a way to measure the effectiveness of acupuncture with animal patients? Like humans can tell you 
Correct. How do you measure that in animals? I mean, it's kind of the same, the same way without the talking, obviously, but usually what I tell owners or I tell zookeepers is we need to do it at least four times to see if there's going to be an effect. And normally you will notice an effect within the four sessions. Those sessions could be daily, could be weekly, could be every other week. It depends on the condition. But normally you don't see magic better the first time. It normally is something that takes more than one session. I have had animals, though, after the very initial time, and it's like, whoa, like they're walking better. Or this animal's not eating, and now it's eating. Um, but for like colic or ileus, like in rabbits, I've noticed if I've done acupuncture and it doesn't work, most of the times it's a surgical repair. So no way acupuncture is going to fix an obstruction or, you know, a rupture or something like that. So seeing an animal not eating, starting to eat, that's really cool. And I never do it as a solo treatment. I'll use various other medications, other pain relief, and add this in as a supplemental treatment to try to use all of the things in my toolbox to get the biggest difference. As an acupuncture noob, I guess, would be the best way to describe me because I've never had it, how long is a session? So the animal is there, and then you have to, I guess, apply the needles, and then do you just let them sit there with it for a while? Yeah, so it depends on the animal. So what you're supposed to do is usually it's 20 to 30 minutes is a typical session in most humans, horses, and dogs, maybe even some cats. My animals are maybe not so tolerant to sit still for that long. Uh, and, you know, if I'm doing a tiger, I may only be able to get one acupuncture point in. And whereas I usually try to get 20 or more, that would be like my hope. But it's also what can I safely reach because I tend to do acupuncture on animals while they're awake. So they have to voluntarily come up, they have to voluntarily sit there, and then they have to, I have to get the needles back. So in situations where it's like, there's no way it's going to happen that way, and even with like a rabbit, Usually the time frame I get is three to five minutes. So I'm of the opinion something's better than nothing. And let's go with what we can get. If there's not a chance the animal is going to hold still, there's other methods I can use, such as it's called aqua acupuncture. So I'll inject like vitamin B12 at the acupuncture points. So all I need is seconds to inject at the points and then the animal can go on its merry way. So less than a minute, maybe even 30 seconds. And then if the animal is not tolerant of needles at all, in a lot of zoological institutions, these animals are trained to accept needle injections. So there's at least that going for it. But if the animal wasn't trained or when an animal's in pain, they kind of I don't want to do my training. I don't want to sit here, stay, and, you know, I don't want to eat, things like that. Uh, I may use what's called a cold laser 
or photobiomodulation. So it's like a specialized laser that can also activate the points. That's amazing. Tell me a little bit more about the, did you say it was aqua? Aqua, yep. Okay. So what does the B12 do? So what the B12 does is it's like a chemical irritant at the point. It's not toxic, you know, anything like that. It's a water-soluble vi vitamin uh, that you just inject at the point. So it sort of spreads over the point and it activates that point for a longer time period. And uh, usually it gains like some extra relief longer than just needles alone. So... For example, if I just put needles in there, I might get like a few days worth of effects. If I connect it to an electro unit that causes some electric stimulation, uh, that could extend it by, you know, maybe up to a week. Uh, the aqua acupuncture can also extend it maybe up to a week or something, the effects of it. So it's something in a tolerant animal, I'll do all the things at the same time. Uh, to try to get as long of results as possible. Because most of these animals are not like, you know, your dog where it's like, sit, stay. And, you know, I can do this every single week. I may only get to do this once a week or every other week, depending on the tolerance of the animal. Right. And I'm picturing trying to stick a needle in a tiger's, you know, <laughs> paw or side or top of their head. I can't imagine that would be too easy. And, um, the the laser mm -hmm. treatment so yep. is that just a little handheld probe and yeah. you just kind of touch it yeah so it's a handheld probe and it's the closer you are to it the better there's different types of lasers so it depends on which type of laser you're using as how long it takes it's usually about a five minute session but if the animal can sit there and you can be um, either touching the animal with it so it's kind of like a light touch uh, but you would then be moving it. So it's not like you just set it and stay there. I usually go to multiple points and move actually along the point meridian. Uh, but uh, you can also do it from maybe like a centimeter away. So you're not even touching the animal. And usually I'll start with not touching the animal, next training session, light touching the animal, next session, touching the animal, next maybe a poke of one point and then maybe two points and just continually add up. So it's maybe a longer process for some of the animals I treat just because I'm working with animals that could kill me or animals that have zero tolerance and they're prey species and there's, you know, you have to do things to make them comfortable as well. How long, I guess, um, typically do you do a series of acupuncture treatments? Yeah, so it depends on the condition. For animals that have GI issues, it may only be once or twice, and then like they're good, maybe until next time. Um, for something with arthritis, it's usually something where I'll build up in frequency. So like I'll go weekly for a month, and then they're at a good like status quo, then maybe I'll go monthly. And then I might even be able to stop for a while because they're at a good level. And then I'll increase the frequency again as they get worse again toward the end. So then it, so it could go weekly, monthly, every other month, back to monthly, every other week, weekly. Um, 
just depending on the animal and the condition. And are you sort of the only game in town in terms of acupuncture for animals in There are in this other area? veterinarians that acupuncture animals and some who even will also do exotic or zoo animals. I'm probably the one that does the most of it exclusively on exotic and zoo animals. So um, so I do go around to various different facilities to acupuncture their animals. Finally, I always ask people this, is there a particular case that stands out in your mind about animal acupuncture? Um, I mean, I, I've certainly had different cases. I've had, um, I've had a bear that we really helped her acupuncture with acupuncture helped her arthritis uh, and she had very very bad arthritis and so I do think that helped make a difference I've had a guinea pig that was paralyzed in the hind limbs and it walked again and that was very cool I've had a peacock that was basically paralyzed in one leg and not eating and gained more movement and was able to walk normally. And the day after, basically the day it went home, it suddenly started eating again. So it's very cool to see those um, and see the changes in that. I like that. Is the is hair a problem? Like you talked about a bear or a tug. Like is hair a problem with acupuncture? A hair, bird scales, like it all can be a challenge. So uh, depending on the animal, I use different types of needles and different types of locations. So like for snakes, I go in between the scales, not through the scale. And for animals that are especially furry, uh, I actually use the needles that have colored handles so I can see them again. Uh, I've acupunctured an elephant and she actually removed the needles and kind of like tossed them. So having colored handled needles made it easier to find. Uh, so there's, you know, various things where you're like, OK, I wasn't expecting that. I'll I'll thanks for that. I can picture an elephant just using her trunk to be like, no. And I don't that's think exactly this is happening what she today. did. Yeah, yeah, she just reached around with her trunk, grabbed it, plucked it out, and checked it. Which is also, it's like, wow, I forgot how amazingly talented and dexterous you are with your trunk. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still a bummer for me. Yes, definitely. Well, what drew you to this as a treatment option? I think what drew me is I, I've actually been interested in it ever since vet school. I just never went through and got certified myself. And then when I moved to North Carolina, uh, the opportunity presented itself. And it's like, finally, I can finally do this. And I see it as an area where I can provide help for these animals when there aren't any other options. And I think it really does make a difference. And it also really makes a difference either for the keepers, for the owners, where it's like they kind of almost have given up in some of these situations. And I think it gives something else to do, something else to try. And it's very, it's something that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. So obviously there's something to it. 
And seeing the difference that it makes in a lot of these animals, I really believe that it's a great treatment and it's something else to do. I appreciate you being here, and I've enjoyed learning about acupuncture as another sort of weapon in the veterinary arsenal when we're dealing with um, animals in pain. So thank you very much for being here today, Sure, Tara. my pleasure. Thank you. We've been speaking today with Tara Harrison, Associate Professor of Clinical Sciences at NC State's College of Veterinary Medicine. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.